And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 122 of The Drop Set. Darren Starr here, your host as always. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful Monday morning Memorial Day in the United States. Yes, 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 it is. So, um, a day that uh, many of us, not me, but many of us have off, and hopefully uh, we take uh, at least a short moment to remember why um, the sacrifice of everybody who uh, made our country what it is, basically. So, thank you for that. Um We've got a lot of stuff to go over. We've got some catch-up on some uh, listener cues to go over. I'll provide the A's. And um, in the meantime, I want to direct you to thedropset.com. I need your feedback uh, here. I have reinstated the poll question at the top of thedropset.com. Go there. Um, The question currently, we will talk about this on Friday. So I want everybody, stop what you're doing right now. Um, You know, if you're listening on your phone during cardio, put your feet to the sides of the belt on the treadmill, stop your elliptical or whatever, take your hands off the rowing machine for one damn minute, pull your phone out of your pocket, take it off the treadmill thing, whatever, Uh, open up your browser, go to thedropset.com and cast a vote in the poll right here. We're going to talk about this on Friday, and I would also love to elicit uh, listener calls so that we can discuss this and I can play your thoughts and then offer mine as well. Um, So that number, 865-518-2974, while you are there at thedropset.com. Cast your vote in the poll. Scroll down. The number's right there. You can click on it directly from within your browser. Call the uh, voicemail line. Leave your message. Don't worry. I'm not going to answer the phone. Nobody will. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just the machine. Let me know what you think. Flesh out your ideas here a little bit. The question, what most accurately sums up your thoughts on waist trainers? And I've given you four options. First, I I use or have used one, and I dig it. Second option, I have used one but didn't feel it was effective or didn't like it. Third option, haven't used one but I'm interested. And fourth option, hell no, WTF. So let me know your thoughts. I will not color your uh, perception at all. I don't want to influence anybody's opinion. All opinions are welcome. Uh, You can probably guess what mine is. I don't care if your opinion aligns with mine or not. This is an opinion more than it is anything else. So um, go dropset.com, cast the dropset.com, cast your vote, call in, um, leave a note on what your thoughts are. We're going to come back and discuss it on Friday. So that being said, how's your day going? Uh, Mine is uh, dicey. Uh, I took Yesterday off, I had a weekend we were hosting a lot of family, so we had to get together on Saturday. Um, There were eight of us here in the house, and I I mentioned this in a a voice note to a client today. Um, I said, you know, for me, my max is about two people, like me, my wife. Beyond that, you start adding a third person, I start getting stressed, stressed out and fritzy a little bit. You throw eight people in our house, especially when two of them are young little kids, oh boy, is not a recipe for me to be calm and relaxed or anything even closely resembling it. No, sir. So um, we had eight over here, including a six and, oh, boy, 11-year-old, I think. I should know. Pretty sure she's 11. Um, and uh, it's just a lot. It's a lot. A lot of people talking, et cetera. Actually, no, I'm sorry. We had nine. Nine here. Yeah, it was worse than I thought. Um so then that whittled down to seven. We went out to dinner that night. It was great. That was fun. Um, we came and had a nice little conversation back at home, winding the evening down, et cetera. That was great. And then some stayed the night and then woke up the yesterday morning and, you know, they were here. And we're like, I thought they were going to be leaving early. They didn't. And it, it's fine. But I'm like, oh, God, it was exhausting. And so after they left, um, even though I slept well the night before, um, 
I, I napped for three hours on two separate occasions. Not three and three, but like a two-hour nap, and then I was up for a little bit, and then I laid down again for like another hour. I overslept this morning. So I was thinking like, man, I should be uh, well-rested and ready to go. So I went to the gym for legs. I got through my first exercise, and it was just like frustrating as all get out. Like the energy wasn't there. My body was not cooperating. I went on to the second exercise, and after my two warm-up sets, I said, you know what? Nah, fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> I packed it up and I went home. And just to sum it all up, on my way out of the gym, so it, this this is the kind of day it was. So um, if you can relate to this, uh, well, uh, I'm sure many of you can, at least on some days. It was one of those days where I was like, you know what? Let me just get out of here. But then I'm like, nah, I got to go to the bathroom. So I'll go to the locker room. I'll still, you know, fill up my shaker cup and get out of here. So, um, so. I go to the locker room, and on my way out, I stop by the the water fountain there. And it's one of those where it has a little thing where you can just put your water bottle, and it fills it. Uh, it will um, spit water into it from above. Um, so I get there, and there's this guy there, and he's, like, filling up some giant water bottle. I'm like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. So then I get there, and for some reason, even though he was using it, the little water bottle sensor thing isn't working. I'm like, what the hell, damn it. And so I push the little thing so it comes out of like the little drinking fountain area. And then so it's filling up slowly. And then I realize like I take a deep breath and I'm just standing in his BO cloud that was still left over from when he was there. And it's not like, oh, this guy's been working hard. But it's like, man, this guy hasn't showered since Thursday kind of thing. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, this really just kind of sums up this this whole day so far. So that is the kind of day that I have had. So, and then I came home and, uh, you know, my wife's out uh, today. So she's a teacher, her first day of summer today. Um, she's out and about doing some stuff. And I came home and I was like, I need to watch some happy, like music, um, YouTube videos. So I did that and I'm in a little better mood here. So now I thought, Hey, this is good. So now I can, I can put on a happy face and do a podcast. So here we are. Yeah. But it was definitely a, uh, standing at a non-functioning water fountain, um, uh, just simmering in somebody else's BO cloud kind of morning. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to take, uh, tomorrow and maybe, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow back. Maybe, maybe I should take the day off and go get a massage. I don't know. Um, Wednesday I've got a client coming into town, so we'll hit a workout in the late morning there. So, um, I've got to, I've got to be able to put up some kind of a performance there. Cause, uh, you know, I'm not a trainer at a gym. I'm a member at a gym and we are not allowed to do any kind of freelance training. So if I have somebody coming into town, um, I got to work out with them, which means I can't suck ass on the performance side of things. Like I've got to be able to, to put up a little bit and, and hopefully not get embarrassingly outlifted. So, um, I might, I might have to go and get like two massages and like go sit in a, a hydro massage bed and take an ice bath and go in the steam room or something tomorrow. I don't know. Just, uh, that's what it's going to take to get my performance levels up to snuff for Wednesday. I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing, but that's where it's at right now. So, um, at any rate, we're supposed to hit legs on Wednesday, so it was probably good that my workout today sucked so that, uh, you know, because whatever I did in the 30 minutes I was there, it didn't, uh, didn't move the needle, so to speak. So uh, I'll still be ready to go for, uh, for Wednesday. So um, what do we got going on here? We got a lot. We got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I want to start, however, um, with the question that we were not able to get in last week due to technical issues. I think... I have figured those out. So in a few seconds here, you're either going to hear someone else's voice or you're going to hear mine saying that, oh, damn, I thought I had it, but I don't. So what's it going to be? Let's find out. Three, two, one. Hi, Darren. Steve here from Belgium. Yep, that's over in Europe. So I hope you'll excuse me not calling in on your number, but just leaving you a little audio note since you're always so 
nicely slash desperately asking for people to call in. I figured you would uh, enjoy people making your life easier on the podcast this way as well. Um, so I have a question here for you um, regarding being hangry. So I'm on a push-pull legs routine. I do three days on, one day off, three days on, one day off, six days a week, push-pull legs. Uh, and I'm currently cutting, so I'm on about 2,000 calories. Um, and everything's going fine. I can basically handle that. It's not too strenuous at the moment. Um, but except for one day, and that's during my rest day, the day after leg day, when I'm just ravenous all the time, I'm just so hungry on my rest day. So is it linked to the leg day I've done before? Is the sign maybe I'm doing leg day right, if it just makes me that hungry? But I've definitely noticed that pattern that on my rest day, when logically you would think I'd be less hungry because I'm expending less energy, I'm actually ravenous that day. So yeah, I figured it might be a good topic to discuss. Really want to thank you for the awesome content you've been putting out. You've been a big inspiration uh, for me in my journey. Um, so yeah, thanks. Keep it up. <laughs> it worked. Yes. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. And uh, everybody, I would just like to uh, have everybody take note. Did you check out the audio quality on that as well? Uh, yes, I, I appreciate it. I don't know if that was on accident, Steve, or if you actually spent some time uh, tweaking things so that it all uh, came out right, but whatever. I appreciate it. So that sounds great. Good question as well. So, and what did you say? Um, uh, something slash desperate for, uh, for listener questions. Yes. I think that is a very accurate, uh, summation of where I'm at right now. Desperate possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too, I'm not too proud to admit it. I'll, I'll be a little desperate if it works. And it did a few people called in specifically, I think just because they felt sorry for me. So I will take it. I'm okay with that. As to your question. So first of all, push pull legs is brutal. Um, Oftentimes you do that as a three-on-one-off split. So you'll push-pull legs, day off. Push-pull legs, day off. Uh, often, not always. Um, so I don't know what your rest configuration is there. You said you're also on about 2,000 calories. I do not know how tall you are, how much you weigh, how lean you are, or how long you've been cutting. All of those things will uh, uh, need to be factored in to, to give a really detailed answer. But I think... Um, big picture, conceptually, we can talk about this. So the day after leg day, for, for me... And to be clear, um, all of this applies when your training is really, really on point, which for me is not always the case. I would love to be able to say that it is, but right now my training sucks ass. It's, it's not pathetic, but it's kind of weak. It's kind of, okay, it doesn't suck ass, but it is kind of weak. Uh, it's, I'm definitely operating at about 70% right now, except for today. Today I was at like 15%. That, that, that sucked ass for sure. But if, you're, if your workout intensity is on point, then what you're experiencing, I would say, is fairly normal and typical and somewhat to be expected. And so, yes, that is a good sign that you're doing things right. I like that. Um, and also, just generally speaking, I think push-pull legs, if you do that, you can probably um, do a cut on slightly, slightly higher um, caloric intake just because those workouts, if they're going to be effective and if they're going to be programmed well, they're probably going to be a little higher in volume just because you're working in rest days more frequently. It is absolutely not the kind of split that I would advocate if you're trying to drop body fat um, just because, uh, well... It's it's not it's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. It'll work. It's just not my favorite at all. Push pull push pull legs generally is not my favorite for anything, personally, because I think it's just too much to try and do in three sessions. To try and hit the entire body thoroughly and effectively in three sessions um, it is it's a tough sell. It is tough, which is why if you look at my website, uh, 
uh, shameless plug here, fivestarphysique.com. You click on workout plans. You're not going to find a push-pull leg split there. Um, I could write one. I'm just not a big believer in that general configuration. So, and again, not to say that it's not effective. I'm just not a big believer in it. I think there are other things that work better. So, um, but if you're doing it, and you're doing it right, I think this is about right. So you should feel, I mean, legs should be tough. Now, to be clear, if you're doing push, that's three muscle groups. That's chest, shoulders, and triceps. They're all, those are all relatively small muscle groups. I don't care how overdeveloped any one of those might be. Um, it's a fairly small muscle group compared to, you know, your entire lower body. Uh, back and biceps, you know, that's a little bit more. So it wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, you got a little bit of an uptick in appetite after that as well. But legs, um, that's where relatively your burn is going to be a lot higher because you've got a lot more muscle tissue activating on those workouts, assuming that they're, you know, hitting the legs thoroughly. If you do a push-pull leg split where, um, you know, you go run through it twice and that's a rotation, which would realistically, if you throw in rest days, probably be an eight day rotation. Um, then, you know, your first leg day may be, uh, anterior quad centric. And then your second day may be uh, posterior ham and glute centric, or maybe it's quads and hams and then glutes, whatever. But if you're hitting it all, so push, pull legs, boom, that's the rotation, those three workouts. So that leg day is going to be a comprehensive lower body day. So you're going to hit all those muscle groups in there, you're going to try to tax them all thoroughly so your recovery demands are going to be a lot higher and your recovery demands will be felt the next day. Um, so that is absolutely to be expected. Um, that does not surprise me at all. Um, the follow-up question to that may intelligently be, what can I do about that? Um, and the answer would be, um, if you're on a cut, pretty much suck it up, um, <laughs> which, you know, Great advice, right? Well, thanks, Darren. I never could have arrived there on my own. Uh, that's incredibly insightful. So, uh, but that's the answer. I mean, the idea is, you know, you you might think, well, you know, if, if I'm having such a recovery issue, don't I want to um, don't don't I want to uh, raise my intake on that day. I'm like, you don't want to raise your intake on your day off necessarily. No, um, you will recover. You're just going to feel a little bit more. Your body is using everything that you give to it, which is what you want on a recovery day when you are on a deficit. So that, that does not surprise me or concern me. And I would say it is wholly appropriate. So yeah, I mean, Steve, I mean, it kind of, kind of sucks to be in that position, but at the same time, you can take some satisfaction in knowing that, well, you're hitting the workout effectively and your body is responding to it in a way that is productive for your cut overall as well. So totally down with that. Absolutely. I think it's a great, uh, great place to be. So no concerns there whatsoever. I like it. And thank you um, all the way from Belgium for that note. Much appreciated. Um, let's uh, shift gears quickly here. And I want to um, go to uh, an email conversation that I had with somebody. This is uh, from a guy named Alex. And uh, he, he was um, wor working with a coach and looking for some additional feedback and input. And so I talked to him a little bit and, you know, we were trying to figure out, um, you know, we had a, a lot of a back and forth about well, okay, I'm cutting now. I kind of want to go back into growth. And so I looked at his pictures and I evaluated. I'm like, I wouldn't necessarily. But, you know, again, you know, it's one of those things, you know, opinions are assholes. Everybody's got one and they all stink. But at the same time, it's like, this is what I would recommend if you want to do things optimally. If you don't want to do things optimally, that is totally okay. If you understand like, okay, there might be a better way to do this, but this is what I want to do. And I think that counts where, you know, what he was experiencing working with a coach was, you know, he wanted to, uh, he, he was kind of done cutting like, okay, you know, I feel like I'm getting too small, that kind of thing. And then I want to, I want to get a little bit bigger. So, um, it depends on what your goal is. Um, 
and of course, it always comes back to it always comes back to something, doesn't it? There's always every time I talk about anything, there's always some kind of complicating factor. Um, damn it! Why can't the world just be simple? Well, I'm sorry. Have you lived a day in this world? It ain't simple. There's always something to get thrown in, uh, some kind of wrench thrown into the system here. So um, it depends on what the goal is. If your goal is cutting towards a show, whether it's you know in six weeks or six years, um, or if your goal is something else, if your goal like mine right now is much more ambiguous, which is just to kind of improve, um, then you know what phase you're in is a little bit more malleable. You know, you can shake it up, you can move it around a little bit and you can say, okay, well, you know, I want to cut and eh, you know, I, I uh, talked about this last week, you know, shifting phases can change a little bit depending upon the, uh, requirements on your time that are coming from other places. And, you know, it's easier to cut when you've got a little bit more time. Um, it's a little difficult to manage, you know, the increased amount of cardio um, if you're running around and barely able to do all of the other stuff that you need to do in your life. So that's one consideration. And so when somebody um, like Alex here says, yeah, you know, I, I think I, I want to stop cutting and go into growth, you know, I, I'm going to say why. And it's not because I know that there is a right answer here. There is one that I firmly believe is certainly more appropriate. Um, but I want to know why I want to get, you know, get into the person's head a little bit and say, you know, what, what's guiding that decision? Where ultimately do you want to go? And then, um, how, how is switching gears right now going to help us to get there? Um, and oftentimes, um, and so this is, you know, not, not necessarily specific to Alex or anything, but uh, just generally speaking, what I find for a lot of people is, you know, cutting, um, certainly if you're getting towards a show, but also just if you want to be really lean, it is uncomfortable. And I've said this before, but you always estimate, overestimate, or, I'm sorry, let me try that again. You always underestimate how much body fat you have to lose. And so you might think like, man, I'm really lean. Okay, but let's put you side by side with somebody who is really lean. What do you think now? You'd be like, oh, I'm like, yeah, think about what they had to go through to get there. So now, is that your goal? Do you want to get that lean? It's going to take a lot more time. And what that also means is then when we go to grow, you're going to really be a lot better off if you stay leaner and, and not be chasing like big ass, huge increases in your scale weight uh, as you try and grow. So try and keep things a little bit leaner. So we are having this conversation going back and forth about, you know, do we, uh, do we grow? Do we cut whatever? What's my opinion, et cetera. So, um, so what, what he said was, uh, and so this is kind of a, a follow-up to that, and he had a few extra questions, and I said, hey, I'm going to talk about those on the podcast here. So um, he said, quote, I'm interested in maintaining my build as is, which is not to lose any more fat, but also not to gain any more. I'd like, uh, like some advice for the best way to do that. So this is a very general, and what I gave him here was kind of a broad answer because I, I don't know his specifics and I'm not his coach, so uh, there's only so much I can really comment on this effectively. But basically what you want to do at that point, if you want to, you know, maintain your body fat right where it is, you've got to be at maintenance, which means maintenance intake and maintenance output. So you've got to find out what that is. And so there's three variables there, how much food you're eating, how frequently you're lifting and at what intensity, I guess that's two variables. So there's four total and then how much cardio you're doing. And also I guess they're at what intensity. So there's five total variables, but you know, basically uh, amount of lifting, amount of cardio, amount of food. So you need to find balance for those three. And so then, um, if we look at subsets of those, then yes, the intensity for your lifting, the intensity for your cardio, and then also the macronutrient distribution for your food, those can all, all help or hurt you. So, um, You've, you've got to find balance between those three. And the best way to do it is, you know, find a pair of, pan, pair of pants that barely fit you um, and track your scale weight. 
And as long as that number is holding steady and your pair of pants still barely fit you, um, then, you know, you're good. Now, remember, wash those pants periodically because if the only thing you're doing is putting them on, checking how they fit, and then taking them off, like, I don't need to wash those. No, you don't, certainly. Uh, But the more you do that, the more stretched out they get and the looser they're going to feel over time. So wash them periodically throughout and understand that right when you pull them out of the dryer, that's always when they're going to feel the tightest. So little laundry 101 from from someone who is obviously the master of home economics, not. Um, his next question, if he decided to, can he pick up where he left off on the cut after maintaining for a while? So that being said, like, okay, he's cutting. Now he's going to switch over to, to a, a growth or a bulking phase. Now, when he's done with that, can he just pick up where he left off on the cut? My answer to him was, you can, but it would be a lot better if you didn't. Um, so um, we talked about this a while before where a cut should always kind of accelerate. You want an exponential cut and not a logarithmic cut. You want something where, you know, your your um, the difficulty increases week after week, and also your results will then increase and accelerate week after week. So um, that being said... Um, if you cut for like 10 weeks, you're going to see changes in your intake. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> uh, I've worked with a lot of people who get, uh, you know, they say, yeah, I've been working with this coach for four months and my diet's never changed. I'm like, Oh boy. Um, so it should change periodically. Um, and you know, realistically, uh, your intake's only going to get lower over time. Most, most commonly. So, um, where you are at week one in the cut and week 10 in the cut, it's going to be a lot more intense at week 10. So if you were to take a break, go into a growth phase, and then try to jump right back into week 10 of your previous cut, life's going to suck. And you're going to be you know, suffering needlessly because you could go back to what you started at with the cut at week one, which is just going to be a little bit of an adjustment downwards in your intake, most likely, um, and not suffer quite so much and still have every bit as effective fat loss there. Um, you might say, well, okay, uh, I've done this a few times, Darren. And what I noticed is that, um, if I go from my growth phase right back into week 10 on my cut, I lose four pounds in the first week. If I go back into week one on my cut, um, I'll only lose a pound and a half. Like, yeah, because your carbs are probably a lot lower, so you're dropping a lot more water weight from your carb intake on your growth phase. You know, if you were at 250 grams and you drop it down to 80 grams because you're 10 weeks into your cut, supposedly, versus dropping it down to, you know, 150 grams or something like that, you're going to lose a lot of additional water weight that's associated with that carb intake. So um, that's not necessarily a victory. And all we really care about is fat loss. We just can't measure fat loss in a vacuum directly. So we have to look at all the other cues and take it all, you know, take a measure of everything comprehensively. So um, don't get uh, don't get caught up in the numbers too much, um, especially if they can easily be explained in some other way. I've had uh, other things where there, there's an outlier on the scale where one day the scale is like five and a half pounds lower than the day before. And then the next day it's right back up to where it was before that. Like, well, what happened? Why did I lose all that weight and gain it? Like, well, you didn't. There was probably a rock under one of the feet on the scale or something like that. Or it was off balance or, you know, it was a digital thing and there was a glitch in the matrix. It just fucked up one day. You know, it, it happens. Um, unlikely when there's that big of a drop that you're just really, really dehydrated unless you did something special the day before to generate that. Like, you know, had a shit ton of alcohol or something like that. So, um the, those measuring devices can make mistakes also. So take that into account. Um, third question from Alex here. What is the difference between a lean bulk versus standard bulk? Just the amount of food you eat? And, you know, I mean, the amount of food is kind of indirectly the correct answer there. I would say the incorrect answer would be, you know, um, the foods that you select. Um, it may, may feel like a lean bulk if you eat all clean sources, but if you overeat those, it will become a dirty bulk or a standard bulk really quickly. Um, 
the correct answer, in my opinion, is just how much body fat you put on. Sometimes a dirty bulk might be the answer. It kind of depends on your body type and your experience and what you've done before and how well it's worked. Um, a lean bulk, as I've talked about here before, will test your patience a little bit more because those variables, you know, your scale weight, um, your, your perceived growth visually and in progress photos, the fit of your clothes, all of those things are going to be changing much slower if you try to keep things clean and tight, um, which can be exceptionally challenging and a huge test of your patience. So therefore, you know, some people are built to do that and they handle it really well. Some people like me, I'm like, nah, yeah, I got to have a little instant gratification. So therefore I take it a little too far on the other extreme and then I get uncomfortable really fast. So, uh, that's been my, uh, my habit to date. Maybe next time we'll be different. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then he also says, you know, because I've been unsure of my goals, I haven't put 100% towards this cut. Uh-huh. Very telling stuff here. Um, several days where I only did 35 to 40 minutes of fasted cardio instead of the full 45. A few days where he didn't stay within his target heart rate for the entire 45 minutes. There have been several days where I skipped a cardio session completely. I want to know if that seriously messed with my metabolism to the point that I will not be able to lose the remaining fat or is it simply slowing down the rate of fat loss? It is really just slowing down the rate of fat loss. And I would say also... Um, uh, Always be mindful of when you are cheating yourself and be brutally honest with yourself and have a place where you can track those things. Um, for my clients, I provide a tracking spreadsheet where daily there's stuff that they plug in there and, uh, you know, it kind of becomes a running diary. You know, it's not like you're going to spill your guts in there necessarily, but it gives you a chance to say, you know, carbs off by 20 or, or you know, meals untracked after 5 p.m., something like that. You know, be honest. You know, it's not for, for me to then throw it back in your face and say, what the fuck? You know, why, why aren't you trying? Why don't you care? Huh? I thought you said you were a badass, huh? No, it's a chance for me to say, oh, okay, well, so this is what happened this week. This was the outcome, and this is what happened to get you here. So let's look at that, and we can say, okay, well, you know, this week you got away with it, actually. We, we you know, had a, a, a day or two that were untracked. We had a cardio session that was missed, um, and uh, we still, you know, saw some appreciable loss. You know, the photos show improvement, so great, you know. We got away with it. Don't expect to get away with it the next time, you know. And then also I'm going to have a conversation of what happened here. You know, was it something where you just, you know, where you're, you're – um, give a fuck meter red line down at zero and you just didn't care? Or was it, was there some logistical challenge? Was there an event? Um, was there some drama or stress that led to this? Um, and you know, I've, I've had, uh, a few times where I'm working with somebody and they'll be like, uh, you know, uh we'll, um, plan for, this has happened recently a couple times. I'm like, you know, we're, we're pushing really hard. We've been cutting for a long time. And suddenly it's like, oh, I'm wearing down. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's take a week where instead of doing cardio six days a week, we're going to do one cardio session and that's it. You know, I'm going to give you a, a break from cardio for the week. And usually that gets a response like, haha, very funny, April Fool's, right? I'm like, no, it's May. What are you talking about? Um, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, prep brain. So, you know, um, and then we do it. And we take a week off. I'm like, all right, that was your week off. Cool. Let's get back to it. And they have a tough time getting back into it. And it's like, oh man, I, I, I meant to, but you know, I got so used to sleeping in. I was only able to get two cardio sessions in this week. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, you still dropped a pound and a half. So that's helpful. That's a case where, you know, you use that accountability tool to track and log anything that's off plan. And we might actually get some good news out of that. Like, okay, cool. Well, why don't we keep our cardio down low for a little bit? Since we're still doing well without it, your body's probably rebalancing a little bit. You're having some metabolic recovery here. This is great. Let's keep that cardio nice and low for a little bit and see if we can have that happen again next week and the week after. And if we can continue to cut um, with a rate of loss that we're happy with doing minimal cardio, that's a victory. So, but you've got to be totally honest with yourself. You know, if, if you are, you know, shortchanging yourself minutes here and there, shortchanging an entire day, slacking on your uh, effort and your intensity um, for cardio, all those things, um, they do add up. 
and it, it does show, uh, for me, a little bit of a lack of commitment. And so I think if you're honest with yourself, you can confront that and then you can uh, come up with a plan to address it. And maybe it's just like being aware of it. And you're like, okay, I guess I need to get my act together here. So that is why for my, uh, my own prep that I did last year going into my photo shoot in November, um, I logged those minutes. I logged my, um, not my heart rate, but my calories burn per session so I could track that throughout prep and see how it changed if it did and, you know, what my low days were, what my high days were, what my average was so that I could, you know, kind of develop an internal pace for myself. And so we've talked about that before. Um, and then I did the breakdown um, uh, in a blog post and I posted my prep by the numbers and talked about it here as well. And I, I acknowledged that, you know, there wasn't a single session um, other than I think one day where I was getting ready to leave town, I didn't have time to finish it. There was only one one session where I stopped short of the uh, the minute target for the session. I think I got in 20 minutes instead of 30 because uh, we were getting ready to leave town and I had to get in the shower and get ready to go. So, um, And that was a case of me not wanting to cheat myself. Was I perfect on that prep? No, but um, I didn't cheat myself on minutes and certainly I didn't plan on doing 30 and then like check out at like 26 but log it at 30. You know, you got to be honest with yourself and have integrity there. So, um, But is, is it um, slowing down your metabolism? No. Now the the... The issue there is if you end up like, okay, well, I am going to get to X when I cut. I'm going to drop this much body fat, and I'm going to get down to X. Maybe not necessarily a scale weight, but you've got an aesthetic in mind, a level of leanness that you want to see, and you're going to get there. Well, you shortchange yourself, and suddenly you might find it's taking you 20, 21 weeks to get there instead of 14 or 15 weeks. So that is something that can mess with your metabolism because the longer you cut, the more cardio you do, the slower your metabolism gets, especially if you aren't doing um, programmed refeeds or cheat meals or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it can add up over time and it can um, cause something where it's an issue that you need to pay attention to your metabolism um, and not just assume that it's it's healthy and you're going to rebound nice and well. You might just kind of anticipate, hey, might have some problems here. So while this cut is going on for a long time, uh, you're also tacking more time onto it in the sense that you'll probably need to reverse a little bit afterwards, which means basically continuing with the same level of accuracy and precision and intensity um, while going back in the other direction. And I tell you, the longer your cut goes, the fewer and fewer people there are that are going to be able to sustain that once the cut is done and do a proper reverse. It's, it's really hard, very tricky. So, um, but Alex, those are great questions. So I did point him to this podcast as well. He wasn't aware of it before. So if you are listening now, Alex, uh, good to have you. Thanks for listening. So you might have got a little bit more in-depth response there. I did um, write some responses to him via email, but it's always good to flesh them out a little bit more um, it, verbally here. So. That is great. Um, we've got uh, we've got more to talk about uh, from uh, from listener uh, listener messages. So let's go to another one here, shall we? Hey, Darren, this is Adam from Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, I just had a question uh, on your thoughts about this whole thing called Natty Verified on Instagram. It looks like they're you know calling out people and trying to show people who's you know taking drugs and who's not. So uh, yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Been loving the podcast. Just started listening a couple weeks ago, and uh, really helped pass the time at work. And uh, yeah, thanks for everything. All right, take care. Bye. Adam in Phoenix, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I honestly, um, I'm going to out myself here and say I had absolutely no idea what on earth you were talking about here. So um, I had to go and look it up, and sure enough, um, there is on Instagram. There is. Hold on, let me pull it back up here. Um, I had it up and then I pushed the wrong thing and now I got to type everything back in. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Wait, what's that? Getting totally distracted by other stuff here. Um, where was it? Natty verified. So um, this is uh, the, the tag is 
the Natty Verified, or I'm sorry, the, the account is at the Natty Verified, Natty N A T T Y. If you are unfamiliar with the uh, the lingo here, so basically what they're uh, doing um, is hold on, how far back does this go? Here is day one. So this is from oh, this is May 18th. So this is barely a week old. So in a week they have 18 posts. They are following no one, and so basically they're. Uh, what they're doing is issuing some kind of a challenge to all these people who claim or have claimed at some point to be natural bodybuilders and saying, hey, back it up, um, which I'm like, okay, cool. So they are basically serving as the, the natty police, so to speak. And, you know, in some way, I can kind of appreciate that because there are plenty of guys out there who claim or have claimed to be natty that clearly are not. Um, and it's not just, you know, the level of development or level of conditioning. There are other signs as well where it's just like, come on, man. You aren't fooling anybody. Um, a lot of these guys, they also lie to themselves as well. Like, well, it, it's TRT, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's natty. And, yeah, well, you know, I've thrown in some equipoise with my TRT, but still, you know, it's, it's natty because, you know, my doctor prescribed TRT. So, eh. you know, a lot of guys will legitimately lie to themselves and call themselves natty there because they're dumb. Um, but uh, I, I am of two minds here. So, first of all, I think guys that claim to be natty guy, or, or women, let's be clear, there are a lot of them as well, who claim to be natty and aren't, are doing the entire industry a disservice. Um, and they're, they're making my job harder because then somebody will look at somebody who is clearly using, but says they are natty and says, okay, well, you know, clearly I can't go near the gym because she can achieve that level of development without drugs. And I don't want that to happen to me. And, you know, it, it just creates a conversation that's really easy to talk somebody out of, but still it puts that thought in their head that, oh, lifting's bad. And we should be beyond that at this point. But I can promise you 2019, based on the conversations that I have with a lot of women, we are not past that. Um, and uh, the, the other thing is, you know, well, so-and-so says they're, they're natty and they look like that, so why don't I? I'm like, well, that's a much more dangerous thing because then I have to uh, basically be an informal version of the natty police and say, yeah, well, they ain't. So <laughs> uh, you know, take that as you will. Um, so I, th I think there's some utility in this, but what I don't like is how they take it upon themselves to call people out who have declined the challenge simply because they don't respond. Um, I think that is a high level of bullshit. So, um, like their, their most recent post here, this was from five hours ago as of the recording of this, um, Jeff side, um, their, their, their comment here on the photo says many athletes have agreed to follow through with testing, although high highly requested. Unfortunately, Jeff side was not one of them. Grace period active. Well, um, let, let's look over to his Instagram account and let's just see here. Okay. He has 3.7 million followers. Um, do you think he's going to give a fuck about some request that comes from an account that has 4,480 followers? No. Did he even see it probably? How are they contacting him? I don't know. It's just the, the highest level of bullshit. Um, do I think Jeff's side is natural? No, I don't. But, you know, <laughs> that, that they're, they're calling him out and saying, well, he declined, which is basically their way of saying that somebody failed because nobody's going to submit to this if they're going to fail whatever testing there is. They don't really outline how it goes here. They have a YouTube channel I haven't checked out and I'm not going to. Maybe that outlines the process a little bit more. Like what, does the person have to, you know, um, get blood work done and then submit that? Um, or, or what? I don't know how it works. Uh, and, you know, is that going to be trusted? You know, is it, it going to be like, okay, well send, have your, have your, um, 
lab tests, send it directly to us in certified mail. Well, you know, HIPAA violation, you can't do that. Um, so it has to go to the person who received it, who then has the ability to doctor it. So if you're really deep in the weeds and not an addy and you want to profess that you are, yeah, you're totally going to be a dude that will then doctor your blood work and then send it off to some verification account um, that will then give you some kind of badge or something that says, yeah, and you know who's going to see this? Well, um, currently 5,000 people following this account. Is that nothing? No, um, I have a little bit more than that, not much. Now, granted, my account is more than 10 days old also, so kudos to them, but still... This account doesn't have enough reach to scare anybody into um, <laughs> into following through with any kind of testing protocol. And honestly, I don't know why you would agree to do this anyway, just because you know, there's, there's nothing positive that's going to come from it. Um, it seems really, really, really dumb. I don't like how they are um, accusing people of declining something just for not responding. It's like, dude, you don't have the, the social media weight or influence to... to you know, you, you act like you're swinging a giant dick between your legs here, and you ain't. You got a little twig, if that. Uh, you, there's just not enough influence on this account to have somebody who has almost 4 million followers pay any attention to you at all. Why would they? I mean, seriously. It's, it's a dumb idea, frankly, I think. Um, well, I mean, the overall concept is okay. The execution is piss poor and insulting and irresponsible. So, um, now that being said, admin Phoenix, I hope you're not the guy responsible for this because <laughs> I hadn't heard of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm not a fan, not a fan at all. I think it's uh, tremendously irresponsible. Oh, they have some story posts in here as well. Is there anything worthwhile in here? Um, no self promotion. Okay. What else do we have here? Uh, a poll who should accept the next challenge. More people openly accepting. Who should accept the next challenge? Yeah, Athlean X. Yeah, that dude is natty. I promise you. Um, mm -hmm. Posting their stats. Ask a Q&A. I mean, is there anything? How long does the ISO test actually test back for in years for GU use? They answer. So apparently there's some kind of test maybe that they are providing or something. I don't know. It seems like a dumb venture. Um the test does not detect the prior use, which is why there will be a protocol of multiple tests multiple times to ensure accurate readings. Well, that sounds like something I would love to volunteer for. Yes. So I can get a badge that is noticeable by 5,000 people in the entire world. Good Lord. I mean, no, no, no. Uh, oh, who runs this account? We are a private team and for the time being, prefer to remain anonymous. You know what? Mic drop. I'm out. Fuck you guys. No. If, if you're not going to put your names out there, then I'm sorry. You are worthless pieces of shit who are just looking to expose people under false pretenses. I don't buy it. So, Adam, none of that's directed at you unless you're one of those guys, in which case you need to do some real soul searching. Um, but as far as like uh, somebody who is just asking for my opinion on it, there you go. <laughs> Honest. And I appreciate you pointing me to it because I had no idea that was out there. But uh, yeah, that really struck a nerve with me. No, no, no. Oh, man. I hate that. So yes, guys who run the Natty Verified, I'm calling you out for a high, high degree of some bullshit. So um, grow a pair um, and re rework your model a little bit because this is not, uh, not working. It's unfair. And uh, it's just uh, a really bad practice, um, from the top level conceptually do not like. So, um, okay. So that was good. That was good. Thanks, Adam. That was a good one. Um, so, oh, while I was on that rant, by the way, 
Um, I got an email. This is from uh, Chartable. Chartable is a company who um, they send me podcast statistics and they let me know just how small and tiny my influence and reach is. Speaking of somebody who's swinging a little twig between their legs, like I called out those last people for, um, everybody, uh, hold on. Can I get another drum roll here? I'm going to do a little single stroke roll on my desk here. Yes, I'm up to number 948 on uh, Apple Podcasts under the subheadings of uh, United States of America Fitness and Nutrition. Number 948. Woohoo! Yeah! Um, man, I didn't even know there were 948 podcasts. The funny thing is I'm usually not even ranked in the top 1,000. Um, if I'm not in the top 999, it just says out. So... Um, Interestingly enough, um, Apple Podcasts, United States of America, health, a more broad category, I am out. Um, also, um, Apple Podcasts, United Arab Emirates, health, I am out. I am not in the top 100 health podcasts in the UAE. Ouch. Ouch. However, I am number 200 in the UAE under fitness and nutrition. So there is that. Um under uh, Spotify, lifestyle and health for Luxembourg, I'm number 77. Yeah. Um, there's probably 78 that are ranked. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Oh, boy. Hold on. Should I click on the, the dashboard to maybe get some more in-depth stats here? Um, welcome to Chartable. Overview. Um, download 60 days, question mark, question mark. How many reviews? Oh, I got, I've gotten two new reviews, it says. Should I read those? Let's check them out. Uh... Oh, see, this is this is the little ego boost that I need here. So, um, yeah, somebody um, who's a Al Wester via Apple Podcasts, May 18th. Love listening to Darren. Great fitness advice and super easy to listen to. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, back to, uh, I, I, rem I remember seeing that one before. I read that one before. So that was from late April. So, um, yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. So always good to get some feedback there. Um, so, where are we at here? We're at the 42 minute mark. What's going on? Do I have any more notes here? Um, that, 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 no, that was all that was I'm, damn. Okay. Well, I'm caught up. So man, that's a, I thought I had more to do. So, um, let me see here. Um, I do have, uh, so Sally who, um, had a couple of, uh, comments in the last episode. She's the one that's starting the conversation about waist trainers. So, um, that's why I, I put the poll question up at the dropset.com and also, um, why I'm requesting your comments, um, via voicemail, eight, six, five, five, one, eight, two, nine, seven, four, or as uh, Steve in Belgium did, uh, you can just email me, Darren at fivestarfitness.com. That's Darren, D-A-R-I-N, five star with two R's, fitness.com. Um, you can just uh, drop a, uh, an MP3 file my way if you want to. So you can record a voice note on your phone and email it to me. Um, that works just as well, actually. I would love that. That was great because the, the audio quality is better. So um, we like that. Um, some people have asked me, why is your email address at five star fitness instead of five star physique? Funny that. So that was the website that I had initially, um, registered and the business name I'd initially operated under when I was just doing general personal training. And then once I started doing contest prep, um, and working exclusively online, I switched it over to physique because I felt it a little bit more appropriate, but my email address, I had issues where I couldn't get one at five star physique set up because there was like an already an email forward in place and they were going to conflict. So I'm just like, Ugh, whatever. So there you go. That's the question that probably uh, one person out of seven and a half billion wanted the answer to. So there you go. That is why. Um, what else do we have here? So 
a comment. Um, I, I keep this, uh, so I have a folder on my computer. It's the, the downloads folder where everything goes. So when clients send me their photos, their tracker spreadsheets, comments, I create a subfolder in there with their name and the date. And then I put all the information in there. And then those are all the updates that I need to go through for the day. So um, other things go in there. Like um, if uh, somebody new is signing up, I'll put their assessment form, their initial photos in there. Um, and so I have things ordered um, in there. And then also I have a podcast folder in there. So um, when Whenever I get an email from somebody that has a question in there that uh, uh, I, I want to address in the podcast, instead of filing it somewhere in my inbox, um, I will cut and paste it into a text file that I manage in there. So, um, And sometimes I'll just type random notes in there as well for myself. So one of the notes, and I don't remember what caused this. Um, I think I do, actually. Um, and it, the, the note simply says, y'all are doing too many shows. <laughs> Uh, which uh, it was kind of a random note. I may have had some alcohol in my system when I wrote that there, but nonetheless, I stand by it. Y'all are, in fact, doing too many shows. So um, case in point, um, I hope she won't mind me saying this, but uh, Tasha, who had a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of um, questions in the last episode that we did, uh, what's today? Monday, Friday. Yeah. Um, so she competed on Saturday. Awesome. Um, so I heard from her this morning. She sent me pics, looked great up on stage. Um, and so we're going to start working together and, um, we're going straight into like reverse and off season. And I, I asked her, I'm like, so what do you think for the next show? She's like, well, the same one next year sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm like, great. That's what I like to hear. You know, maybe even something later than that. I don't know. What's the rush? Um, so I, I like that. And uh, I just got off the phone actually in between um, a couple of uh, messages here. I got a call back from uh, Max, my client in North Carolina, who I've talked about here before. Um, so he did a national show, um, the Junior USA's in Charleston a couple weeks back. Um, didn't do as well as we wanted. So we're kind of not necessarily back to the drawing board, but we know we need, we know what we need to work on. So the plan is going to be um, uh, North Americans next year. So um, because there was temptation like, well, you know, there's a couple more national shows this year, but then we decided, you know what, we know what we need to work on. We're not going to fix that stuff in eight, 10, 12, 16 weeks. You know, we want a little bit more time. So the plan is now we're going to uh, look at a show. that's about 40 weeks out right now. Um, well, actually, I mean, prep will be about 40 weeks and then we've got, um, you know, we'll be starting, uh, I'm sorry, growth phase will be around 40 weeks and then we'll have time to prep. And then we'll do a, another, uh, a, a local show that's a national qualifier just to re up there. And then we'll be targeting North Americans, which will be about eight weeks after that. So, um, but once again, we're resisting the urge to get back on stage immediately. Um, and I would say this, you know, you can have a competitive season. And if you go into a season saying, I'm going to prep and then I'm going to do three shows like, uh, you know, I've got Sam who I'm working with right now. She's doing a show this coming Saturday. She did one, not this last weekend, but the weekend before. That was always kind of the plan to do two shows, maybe three, um, because it, it's fun. Um, and, uh, you know, this is not her first rodeo. She competed last year. So, you know, we spent some time doing some growth phase and so, um, and it made significant improvements also. And so now she wants to say, Hey, let me get back up on stage a few times and, uh, have some fun up there. Great. I love that. Um, now if you go in and you do a show and you're like, I'm, I'm going to win and you're doing a fairly big show, uh, one that is, you know, historically, um, just a little bit larger or maybe just programmatically a larger show, one that is a pro-am or a two day show or something like that. Um, and you're going in and you're like, I want to win. And you take, you know, fourth out of seven 
or something like that. That is a time to step back and say, whew, okay, I need to make some improvements. You know, that's not necessarily the same as like, oh man, I lost. I'm going to tuck my tail between my legs and go home. But you're like, okay, you know, my goal was to win. I didn't. I got, I finished middle of the pack. So I know I need to make some improvements. Uh, the worst thing that you could do at that point is to then, you know, do the traditional binge for a few days or a couple of weeks after the show and then feel gross and immediately feel like, Oh God, I've got to jump right back into prep right now. Um, that is the, the recipe for somebody having a competitive lifespan of a couple years instead of like 15 or 20 years. Um, because you will get sick of it. Your body will break down. It will stop cooperating. Um, you'll be like, man, I'm just cutting all the time. I can't live. I'm sick of this and I quit. You know, I'm just going to go and live a normal life and I'm going to turn into Tom Hanks in Castaway and talk to a volleyball and just grow my hair really long. Yeah, it's, it, it's a bad recipe. It really is. And even if you remove the plane crash from there that got him there, if you kind of live like that and you just remove yourself from bodybuilding, we well, haven't really won anything at that point. What you've done is convinced yourself that quitting is really the only way to find any balance in your life, which is the opposite of balance. It is letting the pendulum swing back in the other direction and hitting the other extreme and just staying there until eventually you get sick of that and, you know, then you go back the other way. And so it's this all or nothing mentality where you're either all in completely or you're all out completely. You can have one foot in the pool and one foot out of the pool. And that is what a balanced off season looks like. And understanding how to manage that is huge. And you can have balance in your off season and have it be productive. You can. Just because you are searching for balance in your off season does not mean you're selling yourself short. Now, if you go all in on your off season and you just attack everything with a huge level of aggression and you're amazingly consistent with it and you're not overboard on you know getting overly fat or anything like that, great, you'll be in a better position. But you've got to think like some people are built to do that, to be always on. Most of us are not. Uh, Max, who I alluded to before, he's one of those guys who is. He is always on and that's just kind of how he lives and he's been that way for years and he ain't slowing down. So, and you know what? He's just programmed that way. That's how his brain and how his body operates. More power to him. I am not that. And I know my limitations. I can't do that. So, um, I think there's a lot of value in finding your speed and adjusting to it and saying, okay, well, my speed and my consistency and my hardcoreness will um, adjust a little bit, but that doesn't mean necessarily that I have to sell my expectations short. Um, it means that you will, when the time comes, you will have that much harder time flipping that switch potentially um, and cutting because when you cut, yeah, you got to be 100% if you're going to do this. Otherwise, you know, competitive bodybuilding, it's like, why? If you're not all in, you know, <laughs> somebody else is and it's a competition, uh, you know. You, sure, you're competing with yourself, but you always want to try and be better and better each time out. So it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean you have to work as hard as you can all the time. So, um, but uh, doing too many shows, yeah, it's a big problem that I see with people. And oftentimes it's that, you know, it's that post show binge, rebound, feel too fat, got to jump back into prep, might as well do another show recipe. And then you end up doing shows for like, you know, you're, you're in prep for like eight to 10 months straight. Your body's going to break the fuck down. Uh, you, you have no, no prayer of recovering from that in a reasonable amount of time. So don't set yourself up for that. Don't also, um, for, for most of us here, and again, to keep going back to Max, he's a guy who, all of our goals are show based and that's fine because he doesn't need that. You know, I mean, we're looking at a show now that's over a year out. His focus is going to be a hundred percent. You know, a lot of people, if they're looking at a show a year out, they're going to be like kind of into it, kind of out of it, kind of like I am right now. Um, and, but he doesn't need that. He's like a year. That, that's not much time. 
I better get working because I've got some muscle to put on. Um, I've got some work to do, and I've got to go out and kill myself every damn day to get it done. So um, kudos to him for that. Um, for most people, though, I think having goals that are show-based is probably more destructive than productive. Um, instead, I, w- I want to have goals that are you know, physique-based, you know, a little bit more nebulous, um, not a goal that is going to scare you into adherence or compliance, but a goal that is out there because you want to achieve something. And that something is not necessarily winning a show, but it's just improving yourself. I think that's a lot more healthy in the long term. So, um, I have more that I could ramble on with this, but honestly, um, I got kind of into it a while back there and I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. So I'm going to shut up. So (laughs) I will now not talk and not say anything until Friday. So it'll be rested up. I'm just kidding. I've got some updates to do here and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are my busy days. So I'll be jam packed with client updates. So, um, good luck coming up. We will talk about it again on Friday, but good luck to Sam, uh, this coming Saturday and good luck to Jessica. Also this coming Saturday, both competing in bikini, um, and neither of them for the first time. So I'm excited to see what happens through peak week. So we'll do, an update on them quickly at the end of the week as well. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I'm going to go take a nap and stretch and eat and might water the lawn. Um, Well, I might do that just with a sad face on and lament about what a sorry state of affairs it is out there. So, um, oh, I almost forgot. Did anybody catch my Instagram story um, after the podcast last week with my golf swing? Whoo. So I, I did. That was legit, 100%. I went to the driving range. I put a ball on a tee. I propped my phone up at me, at me. I got my driver out, and I recorded my first swing, and I posted it. My first swing in about 10 years. Um, and I got some good height on it, some poor distance. It only went about 40 yards, and it went almost straight to the right. And it wasn't a slice or anything like that. It was like it just went in the wrong direction. It's not like it curved or anything. It's like pfft, four Watch yourselves at the other end of the driving range out there in the tee box. It like went out in that direction. Not a good shot. For some reason, I never got my driver going that day. And I, it's all about the height of the tee for me. I mean, you know, I got some decent hits, but never any height on them. They were all kind of skimming across the ground or maybe, you know, about 10 feet high off the ground. I never got any good loft on them at all. Um, but I did bust out my three, five, and seven irons. And I got to tell you, Taking 10 years off is exactly what I needed because I hit those things straight and consistent almost every time. Um, I didn't hook or slice a single shot. I had some that kind of burned across the ground. I mean, that, that's basically my default screw up is, you know, I top it and there it goes. I had a few of those. Um, but overall, I was kind of shocked and I had to laugh at myself. Like, I've never hit the ball this well in my life. Consistently straight or like 10 degrees off that direction, 10 degrees off that direction. Almost every single shot would have been in a fairway, though. I was floored. I couldn't believe it. So uh, my plan was kind of to go back out today, but it was too effing hot, and it's Memorial Day also, and it was either going to be – I don't know if the facilities were open, and if they were, I knew it was going to be crowded as hell. So I just said, maybe not so much. I'll go back on Friday. So a little bit of time to – soak in the victory a little bit longer. My first trip back to the driving range. I was really, really excited for that though. That was really cool. Um, and man, one thing also I noticed, cause I mean, I've done a lot of lifting since the last time I, uh, uh, I hit a golf ball and I know what you're thinking now is like, yeah, man, that power is really there, right? No, no. My distance was the one thing that sucked on that. And I don't know why I'll blame the clubs. Maybe I don't know. They're really old clubs They're hand-me-downs from my dad that I think he was playing on about 30 years ago. Um, they're an old set of Wilson clubs. Um, but, uh, no, I mean the, 
what I noticed is during my swing, and I was I was aware of this, and I was trying to correct it as I was going along. Um, my pecs would tense up on my backswing and then just violently contract on my swing and follow through to the point where um, I was really, really sore the next day on Saturday through the chest. Um, and I don't know, I think it's just because they get used to contracting like that, and so they feel like they have to during the mechanics of the swing. It was weird, um, but I need, to, I need to correct that. My swing was not loose at all, and I think that certainly played a little bit of a factor into my uh, into the distance issues that I was having there. So anyway, apropos of nothing there you go so that's it i'm gonna uh, peace out right now um catch up with you all back on friday once again don't forget go to the dropset.com vote on the poll scroll down click on the number 865-518-2974 and uh give me a call talk about waste trainers cast your vote and then leave me a message and let me know what you think or uh email your audio file to darren at five star and let me know what you think there as well have a great week 